Have you heard of the Bellsmith? If not, you need to check them out. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram. They make the most unique bells. I currently have them making one for me and my son after our trip to Omaha. They are known for making the most unique bells for supporting the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They have a line of game day bells, plus their premium artillery, grand slam, lefty, pirate, swashbuckler, and junction bells. So check them out today and get your custom-made bell. up everybody it is time again for the in off the bench podcast i am daniel ball and i'm joined as always by my co-hosts my partners in crime my brothers from other mothers jim cross and randy jowers and guys tonight's episode six and it's titled the hammer because tonight we have on mississippi state baseball star luke hancock he's going to talk to us about what it's like being a national champion overcoming some obstacles of last season what it's like going to a fifth season, improving his draft stock, and hopefully having another memorable special season and chasing another national championship for the Bulldogs. Jim, Randy, I don't want to mess around. I want to get right into this. So help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our man, Mississippi State baseball star, Luke Hancock. Luke, my man, thank you for coming on. How are you tonight? Doing great. How are y'all? Man, we are blessed. We are blessed. So, look, we titled this episode The Hammer because that's your nickname, right? But I got to know, when did you acquire this nickname? I got that nickname uh, my freshman year down down at State. Uh, It kind of just went with uh, my last name being Hancock. So, I mean, I kind of – kind of just started i think tanner allen was the one that started it and uh it just went from there so one day when you're like in the pros you sign endorsement deals you're gonna have to like give him a little royalty money uh maybe if i'm lucky enough uh maybe i'll have to do that <laughs> i understand so before you were the hammer what tell everybody where were you born uh, i was born in tupelo mississippi um grew up in uh houston mississippi Small little town, about 35 minutes from uh, Starville. So I'm a uh, Mississippi State through and through. Um, something that I always wanted to do, and uh, just lucky enough to be able to do that. A homegrown, I see. So from Houston, let's talk about a little family dynamics. Mom or dad, siblings, are they athletes? Anything like that? Uh, yeah, my mom and dad. They uh, they both played sports in high school. Uh, my dad played baseball and basketball. Uh, my mom played softball and basketball. Uh, they're really good athletes, I think. Uh, my brother, he plays baseball at uh, Itawama Community College. He's going into his third year there. And uh, my sister, she's uh, probably the best athlete out of all of us. She uh, She's on the cheer team, and she does backflips. She can do everything. So uh, she's probably the best athlete out of me and my brother. Well, I was going to ask, you know, who was the best athlete, but I guess there's no need to now. Sounds like you guys all got some good genetics from mom and dad did they ever like so that they, they taught you at that at a young age you get into sports and all that you were always going to do something right right yeah I started playing baseball when I was uh I think three four years old um same with my brother he started when he was around that age um my sister never really wanted to play softball because she was always around me and my brother uh at our game so she kind of got burnt out from just watching so she never really 
uh, wanted to play softball, so she got into the cheer side. Uh, I guess, I guess you would say. I got you. So you said you started playing three or four. Was baseball the only sport you played? I mean, or what? Not only that. When you started playing other sports, how old were you when you got good at something? Um, I guess whenever I started playing baseball, like I said, when I was three or four. Um, by the time I was six or seven, I uh, was pretty good for a six or seven year old. Um, I just continued to get better. And then I uh, started playing basketball when I was around 10 or 11, uh, kind of going around the Tupelo area playing basketball. Um, played all, played basketball in middle school and then uh, played football, started playing football when I was in seventh grade. Uh, played up until my sophomore year. So uh, I played three sports as a kid and uh, really loved all three of them. But uh, obviously baseball is where I knew I was the best at. Yeah, do you think playing – because on this show, we're definitely multi-sport athletes, especially Daniel, he preaches it. you think playing the other sports helped you in your baseball? I think so, for sure. Uh, I think with football, football helped me out the most, just being able to uh, just learn about uh, kind of like the team aspect of everything. Uh, football is a tough sport. Practices are hard, uh, but the games are awesome. And uh, I think football definitely helped me out along the way, got me stronger in the weight room. Um, it's just something that uh, I think a bunch of kids need to do. A bunch of kids nowadays, I feel like, just play one sport growing up. And uh, I, I feel like playing multiple sports can only help you. It'll never hurt you. No, absolutely. Absolutely agree. So when you were uh, in baseball, you played multiple positions. Is that something that you did at a young age, or when did that kind of start for you? Uh, right. When I was a kid, um, but I think I started out when I was six or seven playing shortstop. Uh, played there because I had the best arm on the team, so I had to play. Uh, had to play short to make the long throw. But uh, when I started playing kid pitches, really, when I started uh, started catching, I think I was nine uh, when I started doing that. Uh, and then as I got older, really just started playing catcher all the way up, all the way through high school. Never really played another position, um, but I always practiced at other positions. I would go to shortstop or second when I was in high school just to take ground balls. No, absolutely. So, obviously, growing up to be a catcher, this might be the answer to the question, but who was your favorite athlete growing up, even if it wasn't baseball? Maybe it was a different sport. Um, my favorite athlete growing up was uh, Alex Rodriguez. I love the Yankees. The Yankees are my favorite team. And uh, always – I had a number 13 jersey from the time I was in second grade. Uh, I would take my – I took my school picture in second grade in A-Rod jersey. So, he was always my favorite growing up. Uh and then once I started catching, I guess it was really uh, – I just watched a lot of Yadier Molina. Now we brought it back around. I'm glad, you know. Obviously, Alex Rodriguez, incredible talent. Nobody can ever deny that. Not such a Yankee fans on the show, but definitely Cardinals fans. So, you got us back. Yeah. So, so last question before I turn you over to Daniel. When you talk about your favorite athletes, what was your favorite sports movie when you were growing up? Uh, I think my favorite sports movie, even to this day, is probably The Sandlot. Uh, it's just something – it's a great baseball movie. It's, uh, it's awesome. I love uh, – I just love watching it. Not really a big fan of the second and third ones. I think, nah. I think the first one – I think the first one kind of hit everything on the head. They didn't – I feel like they didn't need to make them next. I refuse to watch the second and third one, Luke. I'm with you. I've, I've stuck with the first one. I'll never, I'll never do it. So, when you like, – last, last part, follow-up question of that, though. When you're watching the Sandlot as a, as a young as a young guy, you relating more to Benny the Jet? I mean, is that who you're trying to be? 
Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, he was uh, he was the best one out of the bunch. So uh, I think any young kid um, watching that will uh, always wants to be like Benny the Jet. Well, you think he's gonna say Ham, even though he was a catcher? That's not how he's trying to be. I related more to Ham myself, Luke. I'm just saying, I you know, I had to be realistic with myself. Right. I was pointing to the outfield, letting him know where it was going, though. Oh yeah, I can I can say that too. So, Luke, you you obviously you know you start realizing you got some talent. You go, all right, man, I'm gonna develop a little bit. I'm gonna take my my talents to high school. You know, when we're doing the research, we're seeing Houston High School pop up, and for us guys, we automatically assimilate Houston High School with the Memphis area, but I don't think this is the same Houston High School that that we're seeing. So where is Houston High School? And tell me a little bit about the school. Is it big? Is it small? Like what what kind of what kind of people we got there? Right. Uh, yeah, Houston's uh, 35 minutes um, from Tupelo. I'm sure y'all know where Tupelo is. Uh, 35 minutes from Starkville, so it's kind of right in the middle of those two areas. Uh, small town, uh, little country town. Uh, everybody knows everybody in Houston. Um, the school is, uh, is really good. The sports teams at Houston have always been pretty good, always had a pretty good football team, uh, baseball team, basketball team, everything. So uh, grew up loving sports. So being able to go to Houston was uh, a blessing for me because I always got to watch um, from a, whenever I was a kid, got to watch Houston uh athletics and they were always good and whenever i got up there uh we were good as well yeah man so you know we talked to athletes we talked to some of your teammates and and they all like have this missed recollection of actually like how good of an athlete and some of the accolades that they had in high school so i want to take a minute and just kind of rattle off basically your resume in, in high school you got you know you helped the hilltoppers to the mississippi high school Activities Association Class 4A State Championship as a sophomore. You were a three-time MVP, earning the honor as a sophomore, junior, and senior. You were tabbed the team captain as a junior. Three, three times, not one, not two, but three-time first-team All-State selection and earning accolades as sophomore and junior and senior. You were the first five-time All-District performer and you were tabbed the Northeast Mississippi Coaches Association for Better Baseball 3A Player of the Year as a senior. And, by the way, you lettered twice in football. Take that for data. <laughs> a lot of data, a lot of accolades, a lot of things, you know, that really personify who you are, the work that went in, um, but also just the type of athlete that you were, man. I got to ask, of all those things that rattled off, which one of those was the most important? Um, I think winning uh, the state championship my sophomore year was uh, the best thing. Um, Houston has always been good at baseball, uh, but they had never captured a state championship. And uh, for me and my teammates to be able to go down there and win it uh, my sophomore year was amazing. Um, it's just something I'll never forget it. Um, we actually, my freshman year, went down there and got beat in the state championship. So going, being able to go back the next year and uh, win it for the city of Houston was awesome. And it's uh, just something I'll never forget. I feel like something like that, when you do that for a school, you can go back there at any time and you're like the king of the castle around there. Is that true? You go, you show up there like, oh, man, here comes the hammer. Just just being here doing things. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's always it's always nice to come back and watch a game. 
Uh, really, the first thing you see when you walk into uh, our baseball field at Houston is a banner or is a picture of us winning uh, right after winning the state championship, holding it up. So uh, being able to see that, it's always, it's always nice being able to do that. Um, really, since I've been in school at State, haven't really had the opportunity to go back much, but every time I have, uh, it's been awesome. And uh, just walking down the stairs and seeing that hanging up, it just reminds me of uh, something special. At, le- at least you get to do that because, you know, your teammates, uh, Kate Smith and Cameron James, they don't get to do that at DeSoto Central because Austin Riley steals all the clout. So their state, their state titles go under the radar. Yeah, whenever you go to a school like that and you got Austin Riley, uh, Blaze, uh, the baseball player that he is, Blaze, uh, being the baseball player that they are, you kind of get overshadowed. Uh, I mean, it's, that school has produced some – Unbelievable baseball players. But I but I heard a story from Greg James that, you know, they played travel ball against you, and that's – you came on the scene at like – I think he said you were like 12 or 13, and he said you hit home run after home run after home run against them. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Uh, me and Cam – Cam would always tell everybody that whenever uh, we'd be in the locker room or something before a game or after practice, he would always be like, uh, Luke's the best U-Triple-S-A baseball player that he had ever seen. Which I mean, I highly doubt that, but uh, yeah, me and him used to give each other crap about it all the time. How old were you when you hit your first over the fence home run? Uh, I think Three. I was. Seven. I think I was seven. We were playing in a tournament over at West Point, and uh, I can remember my first home run hit the very top of the fence and then bounced over. Uh, at seven. Yeah. yeah I think- <laughs> that little league World Series dude, he hit it and pimped it. Yeah, that's that's what I would do. I would I would do it upright if I if I ever in a big situation or a big moment, hit a bomb. And I'm not talking about like a, a little league 200 field fence bomb. I'm talking about like big boy, like Jim, three, 300. Why this man lying to us like this? Yeah, yeah. hey, Luke, we, this man is lying straight to your face because, look, Randy is a Tennessee fan, and Daniel oh, has made it clear because Daniel was a pitcher in college. Daniel has made it clear that he would ear hole every one of these Tennessee guys because of the way they flipped the He bat. would ear hole any – any. He, 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 I'm not saying we do it to you, Luke, but if you – Bat flipped, or he just looked like you were bat, or even looked in his direction. I'd be like, next time you come Luke, up, I'd be like, Luke, did you did you just sneeze on my plate? On my <laughs> hey, plate. And hey, and unlike that little league video that's trending right now, Luke's not coming to hug you on the pitcher's mound either. He's coming to whoop you. Hey. Have, you seen that, have you seen that video yet? Yeah, Luke. I saw it. Uh, I think I saw it uh, earlier today on Twitter. Yeah, it was. Uh, I've never seen that before. That kid's a lot better person than I am. I know, man. I, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about that, but I don't. I don't want to make anybody mad. Uh, so I'll, I'll redo. I'll redirect it back. Back to back to you, Luke. And you know, we we talked about baseball, but you obviously you were you were a good football player. Um, what position were you in high school? And did you bounce around position to position, or were you just pretty much set on one and you just did your thing? Uh, well, uh, I got called up to help uh, our varsity team when I was in eighth grade. Uh, we were kind of struggling a little bit, so I played uh, played a little quarterback then. Didn't play a lot. I uh, just really played in the second half. If we were if we were winning by a lot or losing by a lot, I'd go in and really just hand the ball off. Uh, but once I got to high school, I played uh, played defense, played outside linebacker uh, for our team. Um, Wanted to play a little receiver, but uh, our receiver core was good, so I just uh, stuck on the defensive side. Um, 
Love playing defense. It was uh, – I really enjoyed defense. A lot better than I did uh, playing offense. So, on Sunday, when you have the opportunity to, to sit in front of the TV and watch some NFL football, what, uh, what team are you following? What team are you watching? Well, I got to root for the Cowboys just because oh, of Dak. Oh. My man. My man. Oh. I mean, Mississippi State guy, best, I mean, best football player in Mississippi State history. Uh, got to root for the Cowboys. With uh, As long as he's playing for him, I'm always going to root for him a little bit. There you go. See, these guys just got really upset because I, I am a Cowboys fan, and you made this interview by, by saying that. Look, I was I, in Omaha, Daniel, and while Dak was there, I actually remember what Mississippi State football player was the most hyped down in the lobby, and it's actually Jeffrey Simmons from the Titans, so that's who you should be a fan of. Yeah, yeah I'm wait. a fan of him, too. Uh, I actually played against him in high school. Uh, he probably oh, don't good remember. Lord. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, my sophomore year, we were in the same division as Knoxville County, so we had to play them in the in the regular season. Then we played them in the uh, third round of the playoffs uh, that year. And uh, I can remember second play of the game, he was playing fullback, and he was blocking me, and uh, he knocked me about 15 yards into their sidelines. And uh, I saw, I felt like I was running to a brick wall. So, uh, yeah, I can – I asked him about it one time when I was at school. I said, do you remember you knocking the crap out of me? He said, man, I used to do it to everybody. I don't, I don't remember it. <laughs> he, said, he said, I did that to everybody. You think I yeah, supposed to remember I mean, you? Yeah, so, he was, he was I mean, beast. what uh, what kind of talent, I guess, you know, for football? I mean, are you, you're playing guys like that, but, like, are you playing like big time schools or like who's who's the best team you played against in football and who's the best athlete that you played against? Um, uh, our division was always really good, uh, but in, in non division games, we really we were four A every year up until my senior year. So uh, we always played in non division games, like two or three A schools that were good. Uh, and then division was really good. We had – it was Houston, Knoxville County, Louisville, uh, League Central. Uh, so, division games were good. But uh, Knoxville County is the best team that I ever played against. They uh, – I think they won the state championship three years in a row when we were in high school. So, they were always really good. Um, but I think the best athlete that I ever played against, we played uh, – we played Corinth in the uh, – in the playoffs my sophomore year. I don't remember the kid's name, but he was a quarterback, and he's probably, he was the hardest person I ever had to tackle. Uh, he was really good. I think he went on to play a little Juco football, and then uh, I think he went to a small D1, but he, he was really good. Out of curiosity, did you ever have to face Will Rogers? No, never played uh, Will Rogers at Brandon. They were they're 6A, and we were 4A. We never really went above 4A uh, when I was in high school, but Houston does now. So – Shifting gears back to baseball, you spent, you know, years at, at, at Houston. What was your favorite season of all those seasons? And obviously don't, don't pick the state championship one just because of the, the level, but like the, right. the actual environment, the team, the culture, like when you put the whole body of work together, what was your favorite year? Well, uh, I think it was really two years, my junior and senior year, uh, being able to play with my brother. Um, that was awesome. Just being able to play with him. It was, uh, 
it was cool because I'm two and a half years older than him, older than him, so I never got to play with him growing up. And then uh, my junior year started playing with him, and uh, it was awesome for him to be on the team with me, for me and him to be on the same field together. He batted lead off for us, and I batted second. So it was uh, those two were probably my favorite years. Besides, I mean, besides the state championship, but uh, yeah, being able to play with him was awesome. So did you play travel ball with your brother too? Um, no, uh, I was, I think I, when I was 13, he was 11. So me and him never got to play travel ball together, but we both played for the, uh, East coast Sox, just different age groups one summer, I think. So at, at what point, you know, in your career, do you start going, man, like people are starting to notice me. I got colleges that are now starting to notice me. Maybe I have you know, what it takes to play at the next level. Uh, right. Yeah, I think uh, my freshman year uh, is really whenever I started kind of getting college interest and I uh, started going to camps. Uh, I went to a few Mississippi State camps, uh, a couple Ole Miss camps, uh, just trying to get my name out there and uh, did really well at them. And then uh, Mississippi State started talking to me and uh, – I had the luxury of being able to play with Denver McQuarrie. He was on my high school team. He played at Mississippi State. So being able to catch him in high school helped a lot. Uh, play with another uh, really good pitcher, Tanner Smith. He was committed to Ole Miss for a little while. Uh, so being able to catch them always helped me. But uh, yeah, really my freshman year is when I kind of started realizing that I would have maybe have an opportunity to play at, uh, at the next level at D1. So what was the the short list obviously you you see that you are getting some interest when it's all said and done who do who do you have to decide from like what are three schools that at the end of it you're like all right i gotta pick one of these well for me it was uh it was really easy i only really ever had one school in mind it was mississippi state um and uh they were the first team to offer me so, I mean, it was just, uh, just a great dream come true for me to uh, get an offer by them. And uh, I think whenever they offered me, I committed like a week later. I knew that was where I wanted to go. Um, it's just growing up 30 minutes from them uh, as a young kid, that's where I wanted to go. So it was a no-brainer for me. What took you so long? Seven days? I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> well, I mean – I was just kind of talking with my family, just seeing uh, what they wanted me to do, and they told me whatever I wanted to do. So, uh, yeah, about about a week after is whenever I committed. Randy, I, mean, I heard he I heard he took a trip to Oxford, is what he doesn't want to admit. Oh on, no, I, guess. I don't think so. That, no. That's what I, happened. I can't even believe he went to Ole Miss baseball camps. To be honest, I mean, yeah, I bet I, I bet Mississippi State had the admissions packet already done for you, and they were, they had dated it, and they were like, "What's going on, man? Well, now we're gonna have to change the date on this." We thought he was a layup. <laughs> taking seven days, making them sweat it out. It might have not been seven days. It might have been a little shorter than that. Somewhere along, somewhere in that range, five to seven days. I don't really remember. So, so honest question, you know, when we're talking about you picking those schools and I made the joke about Ole Miss, you, you went to the camp like Randy just said, but like being a Mississippi State fan and growing up, like was Ole Miss somebody that like you would even consider or was automatically like, you know, nah, I'm not because I'm a Mississippi State guy, Ole Miss is off the table. No, not necessarily. I mean, uh, Really, anywhere. I mean, Ole Miss is a great school. Uh, just being able to go play anywhere in the SEC would have been a dream come true for me. Um, 
but like I said, with growing up a Mississippi State fan from the time I was a young kid, um, it was just a no-brainer for me. So what? So obviously that's where you wanted to go. It's a dream. So what are the emotions like? Is there pressure now that you've gotten what you you worked hard to get, or is it just like this relaxed feeling, or is are you just overly excited? What are the emotions when you when you actually step foot there on the first day? Right. I think, uh, I think my freshman year, I mean, I was overly excited. I was over the moon about it. Um, but as, as I've gotten older and, uh, this being my fifth year down there, I've, uh, really relaxed. It's just, uh, just feel like it's another game for me. I don't have to, don't have to press out there. Don't have to, uh, get my emotions up to play. I just got there and, uh, just play baseball like I have for 20 years now. So it's just something that, uh, uh, has relaxed over the years and hopefully continues to do that. So I got to ask, cause you know, your, your teammates, when they come on, they say, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, but there's so, there's such an acumen that Mississippi state baseball has, um, you know, from national championships to going to Omaha to like, you know, uh, unbelievable fan base like the expectations when you show up are super high is there a little bit of fear anxiety and nervousness or is it it's none of that exists no i think it uh i think it exists i mean uh playing down there i feel like if you don't get nervous a little bit then uh then you don't care um i get nervous i mean everybody gets nervous i feel like you get nervous after but after the first pitch everything is just baseball after that um i can remember uh starting my first game down there and i can remember just being nervous just shaking in my boots and it was just something that uh once that first pitch happened i was fine and uh, after that it's just baseball yeah i mean you you got you got exactly what you signed up for that first season you guys you know you ended up going uh making the super regionals hosting uh regionals hosting super regionals making it back to omaha man did what was that atmosphere like you know just from one like it's it's almost to me like this really high of emotions you go from making a regional to hosting it you win that you then boom it it ratchets up another level to super regionals where you're hosting it then boom you're in omaha where you have a chance to win a national championship what is that atmosphere like in starting from the regional to college world series? Is it the atmosphere the same better as you go on um, or more better because you're at home, you know, hosting those things? Uh, well, being at home definitely has a, uh, has a big difference for us. We get to play in it every game. Uh, and then when people come in in the regional and super regional, it's a really most of the time their first time being there. So they had to kind of deal with our fans. Um, it gets loud there, like nowhere, nowhere else in the country. It's, uh, I mean, I can only imagine going in there as, uh, as an opposing player. Uh, I'm sure it is intimidating. But for us to be able to play there uh, at home every game there, it's just something that we're used to. We don't, uh, don't get nervous about it as much. So I think we definitely have a home field advantage during that. And then in Omaha, it's, uh, I think when Mississippi State goes to Omaha, it becomes Starkville North. It's just something that I've never seen before. It's, uh, it's crazy out there. I felt like every, both times that I've been out there that it's, uh, 
every everybody you see in Omaha is uh, has maroon and white on. I mean, Jim can attest to that because he was there. Is, is is that the case, Jim? Is everybody a Mississippi State fan in Omaha when they go? Yeah, no doubt. The the year I went, but I wasn't there the year before. But definitely the year I, I went, it was them and them in Texas showed up like nobody's business. You know who didn't show up? Vandy. Mm. But we'll get there in a second. You're getting ahead, Randy. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> I just always like to throw shots at Vandy. <laughs> so as a freshman, you guys, you know, make it to the biggest stage of them all. You go to Omaha in the College World Series. Did you ever expect as a freshman, one, to do that, but also to be able to play and have an integral part of you guys, like, making it there? Man, I can uh, – It's uh, I really can't. I mean, the year before I was playing at Houston High School and then the next year uh, we're out in Omaha playing, it's, uh, it's a big difference for me. Uh, didn't, I don't think I got in it bad. I don't – I don't think I got in any when we're in Omaha, uh, but just being out there was just something so surreal. Um, it was it was awesome, and I think that it uh, I think it helped me along the way, uh, just get ready for what I had in store for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, just, despite not playing in Omaha, you still appeared in 26 games. You had 12 starts. You started four games at catcher, eight games as a DH. Um, you know, you personally looking back on the freshman season, was it? better than what you anticipated or was it right on par with what you thought you you would be yeah i mean i think uh i think it was right on par with where i thought uh i thought i could i could do um i, tr I just tried to help the team any way i could whether it was catching a midweek game um dhing on the weekends or in a midweek game uh you most people don't go down there as a freshman and play every day uh, you got to be a really special talent to be able to do that. And for me, just to, just to be on the team and be able to uh, just help them out as much as I could was just something that uh, was – it was amazing for me. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, obviously y'all make that run to Omaha. That's back-to-back -back seasons, obviously. Um, so the expectations for Mississippi State are high. You know, sophomore season, not even going to talk about it. COVID, we know it sucks. No reason to even dive into it. So we'll go right into junior year. And it starts off with the State Farm Showdown in Arlington, uh, you know, at Globe Light Field. I was actually supposed to be there, uh, got snowed in, couldn't get my car out the driveway. But, you know, what was it like to be at Globe Light Field, Major League uh, Ballpark, playing against three legit Big 12 opponents? Oh uh, man, it was awesome. It was, uh, I think it kind of set the tone for us that season. Um, opening up with Texas and Ty Madden, which uh, I think he's probably one of the best pitchers I've faced in college, um, was really talented. Uh, he, I mean, he was, he was great. And just being able to go out there and play against three top 10 teams open the weekend, coming home with two wins was huge for us. Um, and being able to play in the Rangers new ballpark was, uh, was awesome. It's, I mean, state-of-the-art ballpark. It's amazing. Uh, I think it was 20 degrees outside, and we're inside playing baseball. So, I mean, it was awesome being able just to do that because I don't that, think anybody else really got to play that that weekend. Was that the only pro stadium you could still go to and it still be a downgrade from Duty Noble, though? <laughs> Probably so. Yeah, no, it was kind of funny. Uh, th this is off topic, but it, it relates to what Randy's saying. When when y'all were playing AutoZone Park this year, uh, 
I said something about y'all playing in a triple A park and then Randy brought it to my attention. He goes, you know, they actually got 5,000 less seats than, than dude does. And I was like, Oh man, I didn't even think about that. So yeah. it's one of those things where like, you got to go to a big league park to get bigger than y'all. But, you know, speaking of the dude, uh, my first three games there, uh, and, and you remember, you might remember we brought this up. I went to Sanford, Kentucky, and Missouri, and uh, you hit a bomb in all three of them. Um, I met your dad that, that day. He told me I was to come out to every game. Now, the problem was Cameron James, who I was there for, um, doesn't like to do well when I come. So Greg James had told me the same day that your dad told me to come to every game that my ticket privileges were revoked and I wasn't allowed to come back. So Unfortunately, I wasn't able to keep coming, but I did want to ask about a specific home run, and I can't remember which one it was from those three games. And see if you remember. There was one that you hit, and I mean, it left the ballpark in such a hurry, over the dude sign, into the parking lot. Do you remember which one that was? I think it was. Uh, I think it was the Kentucky one. I can remember that one. I think that was the farthest one I hit that year, uh, and it was a line shot. Uh, it got out, yeah. I, I remember that one. It got out in a hurry. Uh, I think it was first pitch of the inning, too. I was leading off the inning, got up there, and swung at a first pitch fastball, and put a good swing on it. And uh, just so happened, it went out. Yeah, I mean, that that thing left in a hurry. And I was like, hey, and now I know why it's nicknamed the hammer. But like I, I said, like it where he's like, I think it was the first pitch, and I, I think it was Kentucky. <laughs> that man's seeing in his head right now. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it was crazy. Like, I mean, like, it's like every game I was coming to, I was like, man. And, I, like I said, it matched your nickname. But, you know, uh, a 2021 stat that I uh, want to talk about is, you know, your ability not to strike out. If, if you weren't at the game and you were listening to commentary on TV, it was something they talked about, how you had such a professional approach at the plate. You know, you only had 17 strikeouts and 234 at-bats. Um, you know, is that just seeing the ball well? Is that knowledge of knowing what the pitcher is going to throw? You know, you walked 47 times, which led the team. You know, you know what led to that success? Um, I think just – I think the main thing that helps me out is just being a catcher my whole life and being able to recognize pitches the way uh, – just from catching so much – uh, having a good knowledge of the strike zone. And uh, I try not to swing at bad pitches. Uh, sometimes I get – sometimes I don't swing the bat enough. Sometimes I'm uh, not aggressive enough and let good pitches go by. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just having good strike zone awareness is something that I've always uh, been pretty good at. Uh, in high school, it was the same way, and then it just kind of – kind of transferred over into college. So I'm uh I'm glad I'm glad I have good strike zone awareness for sure. Yeah, because you know you always do the the two bumps on the the chest when you got two strikes and I can't even think of how many times I've seen you in like a 0-2 or one two count and and they still couldn't get you. Like I mean, you know, even if it necessarily didn't, you know, end in a hit, you you were definitely gonna put it in play. And you know, sometimes that obviously leads to runs even if it isn't a you know uh an actual hit. But you know you guys have a disappointing series loss to Missouri, and then you're two and done in the SEC tourney. You know, we've had a lot of your teammates on to, to ask what was going through their head at the time. You know, what's going through yours? Like, I mean, you, you have this season, you have this expectations. We talk about, you know, Omaha or bus is the way it is for Mississippi State, and you all have this disappointing stretch. You know, what's going through your head? Um, We just, I mean, yeah, they were really disappointing losses for us. Um. But it's, we just had to just had to get them out of our mind as quick as we could because we knew right after the SEC tournament that uh, we were most likely going to be hope, uh, hosting a regional, 
and super regional. We just had to get them out of our minds as quick as we could, um, get back to get back to Starville, get back uh, practicing, uh, having good days of practice. And we did that after the SEC tournament. Um, I don't know if anybody has said this, but after we got back from the SEC tournament, Coach Lamonis said, y'all get, a, y'all get away from the game for a couple of days. We had, uh, we had two days off, and then uh, – then we come back on Monday and started practice uh, for the for the regional. So I think those two days off were huge for us. Coach Amonis is great, and he understands uh, everything about the game. So him being able to give us those two days off was huge for us, and he got our minds right back on the game, uh, right where it needed to be. Yeah, no, we weren't actually told that. My question for you would be, did Cameron James take that advice? Because, I mean, I know Cam really well, and he's the kind of guy that you can't keep out of the batting cage for 24 hours. Did he actually take two days off? Uh, I'm not sure about Cam, but uh, <laughs> I know I know most of us, we uh, we took them two days off and uh, just got away from the game, especially after the SEC tournament. We needed to, to get away from the game after getting run-ruled both games, so I think it was good for us. Yeah, no Listen, doubt. Golf while you were off those two days? <laughs> I think I'm sure we I'm sure we did. I don't remember what we did, but I'm sure we did go play some golf. So earlier, Daniel was discussing with you about hosting regionals and super regionals. And obviously, y'all took care of business and regionals. I want to go to the super regionals, man, against Notre Dame, like record setting crowds. Obviously, man, two highly competitive teams. Just I mean, how crazy was it being a player on that field? You talked about you'd been there before, obviously, you know, with the, the regionals and regionals. But that had to hit different, man. What was that like? It did. It uh, it's I really can't put into words how special it was. It was just something that uh, every I feel like I wish every uh, Mississippi State player uh, that's ever played at State could experience. It's uh, I remember running out after uh, after the umpires meeting and the place just erupted as we're going on the field. I mean, everybody you have chills as you're running to position. Uh, you're just standing there thinking about all the fans and how loud they are. It's just it's something that I'll never forget. But uh, after that first pitch, it just it's just baseball after that and uh, play some good baseball that weekend. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, Landon Cam, Tent, Logan Tanner, they've all said the same thing. Um, talking about Notre Dame, I'll see if you agree. They said that they prepared you for Omaha because they said easily they feel like they were the best team you played, even including the teams in Omaha. You feel the same way? 100%. I've, I've told multiple people that Notre Dame was the best team we played that year. Um, it, they just had – they had a grittiness about them. They just played, they played the game the right way. They played defense. They could hit. They could pitch. Uh, I think us and them were real similar, similar uh, baseball teams. And, uh, but yeah, I, like, like they said, I think they were the best team that we played. And they did prepare us for Omaha for sure. Yeah, because even this this latest season, you know, Randy is, like I said, a Tennessee fan. And when he saw that they drew Notre Dame, he was, first of all, same thing you just said, gritty veteran. And then he was like, they just played in the dude the year before the Super Regionals. They're not going to be scared to come to Knoxville. So, like, you know, shout out to, to Notre Dame. They're, it's a bunch just, of grown-ass men. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were. They uh, And I don't think they lost really anybody from that team from 21, maybe uh, their first baseman. But everybody else was back, and uh, I, knew that, I knew that they were going to be a tough out. Well, our- let me tell you. Let me tell you what Jim did to me, man. So Notre Dame dispatches of Tennessee, and then like the very next Monday or something, he brings Jack Brannigan on this very podcast, and I'm looking at him like I'm looking at you. 
<laughs> and he was and what made it even worse was he was like so humble and gracious he's like oh man it's a great team that's hey, they deserve it i'm like nah nah <laughs> yeah but yeah but that was tough for you to be sitting there talking to him good hey. dude though he really made it hard to you couldn't dislike the guy and right. remember, and remember, it was Cameron James that set that up. So you could think of Mississippi State player for setting up the Notre Dame guy. Well, too. of course he did. He's like, I don't like Tennessee. Get, bring Jack Brannigan on. <laughs> yep. All right. So I got to ask you a tough question, man. Um, you know, Josh Hatcher is a two-time guest of this show. Um, you know, he was the first baseman, and you know, he had struggles. We talked about it on here. We're not saying anything that he didn't admit himself. Um, you know, obviously he reinvented himself at Kennesaw State this year. But for you as a as a guy who is he's your teammate, he's your friend, and you know, you take over first base for you, you know, what is the emotion like when when you do that? Um, you know, obviously you're gonna play where coach puts you, you're gonna be excited to take the field, but the, it's like is there some kind of, you know, is it kind of bittersweet? Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. Uh, me and him are really good friends and, uh, it was tough for me. Uh, but he, he was a great teammate, great friend to me, uh, just helping me out along the way. If I ever needed to ask him anything about the position, um, he was always there for me and it was just, it was awesome for him to still be a really good friend to me and an even better teammate to me. So, uh, for him to be able to do that was awesome. And, uh, but yeah, man, it was it was a tough situation. Yeah, because I remember when when Cameron got moved to third, he said the same thing. And, you know, because it's it's a brotherhood, it's a fraternity, and you know, obviously, it's it, as an individual, you want to play and you want to do your thing. But you you know, you hate seeing other guys struggle. You hate taking their position, and so that's why I wanted to ask you about it. But like you said, killed it at Kennesaw. Ended up getting drafted by the Rangers. You know, so it, it all worked out for Josh. Um, yep. But you know, this past season, not as much fun as the year before, obviously. Um, you know, you had a lot of veterans leave, a ton of injuries in the pitching staff. But, you know, let's talk about a couple of the good things. We're not going to harp on the bad. Um, I wanted to talk personally about you in April. Um, you went on a tear. Um, you know, you had 10 home runs, including two at Arkansas. So even in down year, um, you know, and, and some of those being losses, you still found a groove, man. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Um, whenever we got to Arkansas, I was struggling real bad. Um, I think I was over my like over my last 15 or so over my last 16, so I was struggling pretty bad. And uh, I think the first night at Arkansas went over four, and then uh, one for four the next day on Saturday, and then on Sunday it kind of just turned it around for me. Uh, I think I had three hits that day, and then it just carried over and carried over to the next couple weeks. So uh, after I saw that first hit uh, on Saturday, I had gained my confidence back. I kind of lost my confidence there for a couple games. Um, Everybody goes through it, I feel like. But, yeah, uh, being up there at Arkansas and doing that uh, bomb walker uh, was huge for me personally, Um, just having a good series. And then it just carried over over the next couple weeks. Yeah, it's one of those things because I I never played baseball. And so, for me, Luke, I don't understand as much. But I was able to relate immediately because I was there the game where – Kellum Clark broke out, you know, he had that one for like 23 slump. And then once he got that single, then he hit a home run. And then next thing you know, he's on a tear. And it's funny how that works for you guys. Just, you know, it's like basketball players. Sometimes they got to just make a free throw or a layup. And then, you know, next thing you know. And so it's funny how that works for you guys. And then you caught that groove. Um, But, you know, the other one I wanted to ask about, I was there for the whole series in Oxford and, you know, we were having fun kind of poking at Ole Miss such an entertaining series, man, competitive, packed out. Um, you know, how much fun is it to go into to Swayze into Oxford and win that series? 
Oh, it was it was awesome. Um, after losing on, uh, I guess Thursday night, we knew that we had our backs against the wall, and uh, just going in there Friday and really just kind of, um, I guess, dominating from the from the first pitch on uh, was awesome. Uh, just and just being able to go into Oxford and take two out of three from them is special to begin with. Uh, it kind we thought it was gonna kind of get us going. It got us going there for a little bit, uh, but we knew we had to have those games, and we went in there and uh, took two or three from them in Oxford. So it was it was awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, it it, it didn't get it going. I thought it was going to as well, but you know, is what it is. Um, so we're moving on, you know, and we're coming into this season. And the thing that everybody you know is talking about is you deciding to come back. You know, I, I was watching on Twitter; everybody was speculating. Um, you know, is Luke coming back? And it was really good because, you know, it was you and KC like announcing I basically within the same week and everything. And so it's good to have veteran leadership coming back next year um, with you guys and among a bunch of other guys. The question I need to ask, though, is, you know, you talk about catcher your whole life. Logan Tanner is no longer in your way, man. Are you going to be catching? Uh, I hope so. I mean, that's what that's what I want to do. Um, uh, I know that we have some really talented catchers coming in um, from high school. So uh, you're just going to play it by ear and then, but uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll be the catcher. Um, really. I mean, like you said, with Logan being there, he's one of the best catchers in the country. Yeah. And, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of hard. Him. No, no blame yeah. there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, and I mean, I don't know if you saw the video of him from yesterday, the block and the throw that he had is unbelievable what he's been able to do so far. I mean, being in there for like a week and he's already doing that kind of stuff. So uh, being behind him was, it was all good, but now hopefully, uh, hopefully I, I will catch a lot more. Uh, that's what I want to do. That's uh that's position that I want to play. Yeah. The wild thing about him is when we had him on here, you know, talking to him and, you know, he wasn't even recruited as a, as a catcher and didn't play catcher. And then you see what he's doing and it's like, Really, you didn't play catcher till you got to college, and he's unbelievable. So you know, uh, I know it's, it was hard. You know, uh, playing by you had to play behind that guy, but it, you know, you you learned some things probably too. Even as somebody who's a catcher, you probably you probably y'all probably had some sessions together and helped each other and develop, and it'll help prepare you for this year. Because I know you ain't gonna let these uh these young cats come in and take that from you. Um, let me ask you though, did you like enjoy first base? Cause you said growing up, you know, you, you were playing shortstop and you're playing catcher, but I mean, you know, obviously it's not the agent. Did you enjoy playing first base? Oh yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it being over there and just, uh, just being involved in the game more than uh, I was at DH. I mean, uh, I felt like at DH for me, I would, if I had a bad at bad, I would think about it for two innings and then, Whenever you're at first, you can't really think about it. You just have to – got to play that position. So, you have to be in tune with every pitch. So, yeah, I mean, I had a – I enjoyed it over there. Uh, but, like I said, I enjoy catching way more. Uh, just have always done it, and that's, I feel like that's what I'm best at. Yeah, so, two early preseason top 25 came out. Obviously, long ways away. But they got Mississippi State at 23. Me and Randy were asked uh, to do one, which uh, we felt privileged to do. And uh, we put y'all at 19, you know. Talked about returning guys. Um, you got Cade, you got Kellum, Casey, Hunter, Hines, you know, others. Uh, you got the recruits like you talked about. You got transfers. So you got to be feeling good about this team. Like, you know, obviously we – I just said we're a ways out. But, like, 
I mean, is there already some good, you know, motivation? Do y'all feel really good about what you got coming back, what you got coming in, feeling like you could get back to playing Mississippi State baseball the way it's meant to be played? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I talked a lot with Coach Simonis uh, before the draft and after the draft, and he said, man, we're working we're working hard trying to get good players in here. And uh, from what I've seen with uh, some of the transfers that we've gotten, uh, I think we're going to have some good transfer pieces. We're going to have good freshmen. Uh, come in, and like you said, we're going to have some returners that uh, have played meaning, meaningful SEC baseball games, and I think experience is one of the best things that you can have uh, for a team. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think that we're going to be good. I mean, I think Mississippi State will be good every year, long after I'm gone from here. But um, we'll see here in a – I think we start school next week so we can get the fall rolling. So we'll uh, – I'll kind of know more as the fall goes on. But, yeah, I think I think we'll be pretty good. Yeah, no doubt. And we look forward to it. And uh, I'll always be at games with the dude because uh, that's what I'm going to end with before I let, you know, Randy play a game with you. You know, they mentioned me being in Omaha. And, you know, I've told every Mississippi State baseball guest on here, uh, you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart because my son, he's now abandoned LSU. He bleeds maroon and white all the way through. Um he said Omaha was his favorite trip. This man has been to Disney World and other places. Um, he, he loved every part of it, whether it was watching you play games, getting to take pictures, get autographs, you know, all the different aspects that came with it. And so, man, I just want to tell you that that was his favorite trip. Y'all are his favorite team. And, and thank you guys for giving us the ultimate ride and winning a national championship. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you don't have to thank me. I mean, we just went out there and played baseball just – tried to have as much fun as we could. And uh, we uh, got lucky enough to be able to be able to raise that trophy. So yeah, it was awesome. So look, you're, you're kind of off the hot seat. We're going to play us a little game, man. Look, this is the way the game It's called this or that. And there's only a couple rules, right? I'm going to give you two options. And then the rules are you can't say neither and you can't say both. You down? All right. Sounds good. So I'm going to start you off. Usually we start them off with a little cookie, but you, this one's tough, man. You know, my producer wrote this in. You want the Sunday black unis back or retire them forever? Uh, retire them forever. Oh, oh man, I man. love the blacks. God, they, they do look good. They do look good. They do look good, but uh, yeah, I gotta gotta say retire them forever. I'm, I mean, y'all retired them. We did it. We did a poll on this podcast, and they actually finished second among uni- best uniforms. And then y'all retire them right after. Yeah, I, I know, think they saw uh, our poll. They're like, if we can't win, we don't even want them. Yeah. <laughs> all the fan, all the fans loved them. I mean, uh, that was I feel like that was kind of Jake, uh, Jake Mangum. That was like their thing uh, whenever he was there. And uh, but yeah, I gotta gotta retire him. All right, all right. Next question: Would you rather have better hair or better beard? Uh, better beard. <laughs> you know, we had a guest on that 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 thought you would say that, Jim. Fill fill him in. Yeah, R.J. Yeager was talking about how he had a mustache because he couldn't grow a beard, and then he started talking about the infield, and we were like, yeah, so probably Cameron, I don't think, can grow any facial hair. Lane can't grow any, and he goes, and then it's he stopped. He goes, you know what, man? Luke is the distinguished gentleman. He cares about his beard, so we learned yeah, that. I mean, you, can always, uh, you can always put a hat on if you don't have good hair, but – if you got a good beard, everybody sees your beard every day. They ain't, they're not going to see your hair if you got a hat on. That's true. I can't grow a beard. So, anyways, we're on, on to the next <laughs> question. I don't like this one. All right. So, if you could only pick one of these to a concert or a sporting event? 
uh, sporting event. All right. Now the next question, the follow-up to that is what sporting event would you choose? It could be lately it's been NBA finals, Super Bowl, whatever it is. What would it be? Uh, I think the World Series. Uh, I think the World Series would be awesome to go to. You might be the first person I've heard say that, but I agree with you. I think the World and that, Series would that be would awesome. be what I would pick. And so, no, absolutely. All right. Yeah. I mean, just playing, just playing baseball. I mean, I think it's got to be the World Series. You want to be in the new Yankee Stadium watching a World Series, huh? For sure. They right. they just might be there. Just they, might be there. You better hope they don't play the Cardinals again, Luke. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, would you rather? See the future or change the past? Oh, probably see the future. What do you want to see, Luke? Uh, man, I don't know. I just – I wouldn't want to see what my life would be in the future. I don't – I just want to see what the – like in 50 years, what the, what the world will look like, I guess. I got you. Okay. That's solid, solid. All right, next question here. Hero or villain? Would you rather be a hero or a villain? I would rather be a hero. What's, who's your favorite superhero, Luke? Uh, and why is it Batman? Guess, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess, uh, I guess Spider-Man. I guess that's really yeah, the first. Yeah, that's a better answer. I guess the first, that's the first superhero superhero movie I ever watched. So, yeah, I got to say Spider-Man. Look, Randy, he continues to build. You know, my son already loves Mississippi State. He loves Luke. Spider-Man's his guy. Just keep building. I dig it. I dig it. All right, this is – you're the first person we've ever asked this question to on the show because I wrote these, right? Would you rather be in outer space or the bottom of the ocean? Uh, outer space, I hate the water. You afraid of, like, sharks, man? Because I'm deathly afraid of sharks. Well, I'm not afraid of sharks. I, I don't like the water, though. Uh, I don't know what. Why. So you're not afraid of sharks. You think you'd fight a shark, Luke? I don't think I could fight one, but I'm not afraid of them. Randy, the interesting part is we, we did have a question similar, where, or at least we had a member, pool or ocean, to Josh Hatcher. And yeah. he said pool because he was afraid of the water. Interestingly enough, you boys who play first base at Mississippi State scared of the water. Yeah, I would definitely say pool over the ocean, too. You don't know what's under you in the in the ocean. You know what's under you in the pool. That's big facts. And I'm probably not going to get stung by a jellyfish in the pool. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, so the next question. If you're watching you're watching a movie or whatever it is, you're going to pick a horror movie or a comedy movie? Comedy. You got a favorite comedy movie, Luke? Uh, Mine's I Super Troopers, Luke. I just think it's funny every time. I think my favorite comedy is probably uh, the other guys with Mark Wahlberg and Will oh, Ferrell. Very funny. He went very with too. Mark Wahlberg's your dude, Randy. Marky Mark, that. baby. Let's go. All hey, right, Luke. He's a good one. He is good. Would you rather lose your sight or lose your hearing? Ooh, uh, probably my hearing. Yeah, I need to see, right? It's kind of like the ocean thing. I need to be able to see it. I can learn sign language, but I can't learn to see you. That's exactly right. That's what I was just about to say. You can uh, you can learn sign language and kind of communicate that way. I know just enough sign language now where people know what I mean when I put my hands up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. You're going to get off the hot seat here. Would you rather have massive success by accident or modest success on purpose? And let me rephrase this because I always do this. If I was to say, Luke, I'm going to give you $100 million or – you're going to earn $20 million. Which one are you taking? Uh, earning, earning the $20 million. I think uh, just, just working hard, I think 
I think that's what I would want to do. Just earn it. Earn I it respect that. I respect it. And I do believe you, Luke, but let me tell you this. Why you want to be $80 million more poor? Because just because you want to earn it. <laughs> 20 million is still a lot. Randy, it ain't a hundred. Randy, all these cats keep saying they work for the 20. I need, I wish we had a hundred million to put them on the spot and find out the truth. Well, the only person that we could bring on the podcast that could really answer that question is Austin Riley. <laughs> and we, all, yeah, everybody, everybody we ask, everybody we ask don't have kids. <laughs> it's a it's a totally honorable thing. I just yeah. think at my stage of life, when somebody says I'm gonna give you a hundred, shit. All right, I ain't gotta earn nothing. Let me go. Nope. Guys, I'm gonna ask you a question with Luke here. You know, Austin's a two-time guest. Now that now that he's got the bag, is he gonna be a three-time guest or is he gonna be absolutely big time? Man. I'm just wondering, no. you're going to big Thomas now. He's not going to big Thomas, man. That's not who he is. No, I don't, I don't feel like he's like that. No, nah, he actually said he's going to spend his money on hunting land. That's what he, he actually talked about what would happen if he got his contract. He said he was going to buy the biggest piece of hunting land he could find. And Luke's like, good news. I'll call him up. <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. Nope. Well, Luke, man, before you get out of here, you want to plug or promote anything? Uh, no, man. I mean, I think uh think I'm good. Don't I don't have anything to plug or anything like that. Uh just want to say thank y'all for having me on. It's uh it's been awesome. Absolutely, man. We uh we hope to have you back. It's fifth season. You guys got a lot of guys coming back. It's it's probably gonna got potential to be special again. It really does, man. Um, but to help you out, if y'all wanna know, it's the off season. But if you want to know what Luke Hancock's up to, go on over to Instagram, type in there at Luke underscore Hancock 13. You'll be able to check in on him, see what he's doing. I can tell you he's not going to be in any body of water, but he's going to be doing something. Yeah, he's going to be doing something. But once uh, baseball season rolls around, roll over, check him out at Hell State BB. You'll get the latest and greatest on Mississippi State baseball. Luke, man, I appreciate you joining us. If there's anything we can do for, for you, let us know. And, you know, good luck this season. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me again. It was a blast. Absolutely. That's Luke Hancock. If you like hearing his story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll be back next week. We got episode seven coming at you where we got Chad Jones, the LSU football star and the New York Giants football star. He'll be joining us, telling us his story. But until then, this has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, great and grind all the time. We out.